0: Welcome to season two of Between Two Blue Devils. I'm Mark Horner, your host, and this is a podcast featuring teachers, administrators, alumni, and community members of the beautiful city of Talmage, Ohio. This podcast is about stories, their stories, the stories of people who love kids, love their city, and love the pursuit of education. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to share the podcast with a friend, tweet it out, posted on Facebook. Snap it out. Be sure to leave a review. And now, without further ado, I bring you Season 2. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee from Crimson Cup, and enjoy getting to know some of the amazing people who love Talmadge and love our kids. Well, hello, Between Two Blue Devil listeners, and I'm excited about our next guest. Thanks for tuning in, appreciate all the support and all of the, the retweets and the reposts and the reshares of all of our previous um, interviews. You're gonna certainly wanna do the same thing with this interview because we have a very, very special guest, uh, one that is that fo- I'm especially fond of because of our history. Yeah. And, uh, and so when you reached out to me and said that you would be willing to take a risk and make yourself vulnerable and be interviewed, I was so excited. So we have with us the one and only Mrs. McCordy. Could you take a, you can hear everyone clapping. I hear, it, you know, everyone's cheering already. The kids are super excited. Uh, and I know I've already told some of them that I was sitting down with you today and they, yeah. they're fired up. But would you take a moment and just kind of introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us who you are. Um, tell us a little bit about your family and, and where you teach.
1: Sure. So, um, obviously, I'm Krista McCordy, and I am a Talmadge Middle School teacher. I teach sixth grade. Um, I am exclusively math this year. Um, I have been a teacher for this is my twelfth year in oh, wow. education. Twelfth year I, already. I know. <laughs> I know. It's that makes crazy. Me feel that really old. That dates you a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been married for eight years. Um, to my husband Jeff who also I'm I'm a Talmadge alum too so I graduated from Talmadge and he is a Talmadge alum as well and we have two boys together Um, we have James who's seven he's in first grade and I have my little Colton we call him Colt and he is four years old and he's in preschool
0: So, you have been teaching for 12 years. So, you graduate. Am I allowed to ask you when you graduated sure. high school?
1: 2004.
0: Because some people get a little testy about no, that. 2004. I'm not
1: at that point yet. Not at that point yet. No.
0: So, you and have you been exclusively in Town Did you all 12 years or have you taught elsewhere?
1: I have taught elsewhere. So, I taught my first teaching job was at uh, Chapel Hill Christian School. Okay. I taught sixth grade there for three years. For
0: three years? Yeah. And then here. And then here. All right. Yes. It, 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 and you, you know, you're an avid listener of the podcast, and so one of the things that's just so neat. I mean, nine years here in the in the district is mm-hmm. a long time, uh, and especially returning to your home district.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah. you are a Talmage Blue Devil through and through. Yes. yes. So well, let's begin with your experience as a Talmage student. <laughs> All right. So, what are your fondest memories of Talmage Middle School when you were in middle? <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, middle school itself was such a weird time. I always tell my kids, like, this was just such an awkward moment in your life. But that's kind of why I have gravitated towards middle school. I feel it fits my personality to a T. I feel like I'm a little awkward. I'm quirky. And it just reminds me so much of what middle school is all about. Um, but I think middle school is just so much of figuring out who you are, what you stand for, you know, your beliefs, you know, who you are, and, and uh, I think that was kind of developed over middle school mm-hmm. and in high school just through some of the amazing teachers that I had. Um, my experiences at Talmadge were just fantastic. Um, so many good and fond memories and then ultimately it's really what led me to become a teacher
0: really so yes. let, let's talk about that for just a moment you know why when did you did you know right off the bat that you wanted to become a teacher like through high school or did you is this yeah. something you you discovered when you were in college or what made you want to become a teacher
1: so i mean in in school we always had those tests you know that. "Quote unquote," told you, or at least led you to certain careers. And I knew I wanted to help people in some capacity. I just didn't quite know what. Um, teaching was always something that was in the forefront. I was that kid that had my stuffed animals laying out, <laughs> and had the little chalkboard, and I would take my uh, my neighbor's Sunday school book, uh-huh. and like it was that curriculum book with a binding oh, yeah. on it, and <laughs> and I would love to go through and pretend I was grading and all that stuff. So. It was always innately in me, um, but I didn't know what exactly, if I wanted to do nursing or social work or teaching, I knew it was gonna be something like that. But, you know, time and time again, I reflect back to Talmadge, my, mm-hmm. my years at Talmadge, and just the way the teachers interacted with us, um, the relationships that they built, the dynamics they had in the classroom, I so much wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I just saw myself in them so many times Hmm. and i mean i i don't think i ever had one bad experience wow in talent i mean that's saying a lot that is saying a lot i really i think back now there are teachers that were hard Mm -hmm. and probably at the time i was like oh gosh like this is a hard class or i gotta be in this class because they were so hard (laughs) you know but looking back at it now it's like those little moments they taught me so much about Hmm. who i am today yeah. What,
0: what I love so much about, you know, as I as I listen to you, is how reflective you are. And, you know, I, I think it's neat that you're looking back and you're learning, you know, when you're in the midst of it. Uh, yeah, I get it. When you're a student and a teacher's challenging you and, a, and they're stretching you and pushing you, it's not pleasurable. No. And it's something that you don't enjoy. And you certainly would prefer to not have homework and to not be... Uh, challenge but then you know when you get to that stage and you're able to look back and see those areas of growth and see how there's kind of a method to the madness uh, so to speak Um, when you think back to high school uh, do you have like a favorite teacher or is there somebody that you looked at as an inspiration to kind of that you model a lot of your teaching after or you find yourself oh my gosh I sound like so and so or anything like that
1: yeah, so I was I was really hoping you would ask me this question because I know a lot of Talmud teachers listen to this, and I I'm I'm super pumped to just give some credit out to some yeah. teachers because I don't think they hear it enough. Um, so I will start with actually you, Mr. Horner, huge influence. Aww. I had Mr. Horner for those of you that are listening. I had him in eighth grade. Yeah. Um, he was I think it was like one of your first. <laughs> it was. Was it your first it was year? One, first one or of second. your first yeah. or second years? And um, eighth grade U.S. history. And um, I have to tell you, it was the way, yes, I loved the the subject, I loved the content, I loved how you delivered it, but it was also that relationship that you built with your students, and I saw so much of, like, who I wanted to be in you Hmm. and how you became so vulnerable with us and shared so much of your life with us, it just was, like, I want to be able to do that Aww. I want to be able to inspire my students in that way so you had a huge huge impressionable well, um, imprint on me
0: that I that means huge. that means so much to me it really does I, I am uh, I'm beyond flattered that you, that you would say that and it's neat to hear that I, I had a couple people joke around like you're gonna you're gonna ask her what her favorite or worst memories of your class was, I'm not going to ask you the worst memories, but you know what, it's uh, to hear, to hear those words from you and then to see the incredible things that you're doing and the life that you live and the lives that you're impacting. I mean, it's just, it's just an honor that you oh, would, yeah. that you would, you'd say that. Well,
1: you know. I couldn't go, I couldn't uh, go, you know, through the whole podcast and not mention you. <laughs> oh. um, but then some others that I think about, I think about Mr. Ganaba, who gave me my first B ever <laughs> in my life? And I'll tell you, devastating, right? It's devastating. You're going through, you're like working hard, straight A's, and then you get to that class, and I he was he taught things totally different, and he taught me to be adaptable, and he taught me um, really the value of hard work, mm-hmm. what it, what it's gonna take, because math didn't come easy to me at all. Mm. Um, and then I think about Mr. Swindell, and how he gave so much of himself
0: mm-hmm.
1: his time I, I I look back at it now I'm like I must have asked that guy a thousand times if I can come in early before school mm-hmm. to ask him questions about math and how to do something because I was stressed and he was the voice of calm oh, and <laughs> reason and nothing ruffled his sheets it was just like he I don't know he was amazing and I look back on it now, and I must have told both of them so many times. I hate math. I'm just doing this to get through. I know I'm going to probably be a teacher, but it's definitely not going to be a math teacher. <laughs> I think I should wrote on one of Mr. Ganaba's tests. I hate math like a thousand times. Oh my gosh! And he saved that. Did he really? He saved that, and when because he knew right that yes, he knew. Oh it. my gosh! I'm telling you, these guys, they are awesome, and. They're one of the reasons I'm a math teacher. Wow. Because I think about how I overcame that challenge. Yeah. And even though it's like, okay, it's math, right? But you, I, that, I had worked so hard. I had worked so hard to to get through that. I never thought, and here I did, I minored in math in college. That's, uh, that's I so, mean, I minored in
0: that's it. So it's unbelievable. It's the it's power of crazy. a good couple of teachers. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think it's such a contrast, the two of them. Which is why, I, if you haven't listened to the interview yes. with Ghanab and Sundell, you got to go back and listen to it to hear about them being like best friends and how they're, they're, they are truly a couple. Yes, you know that, that bring out the best in each other, and they do the same thing in the hallways as teachers.
1: Oh, I bet, I bet.
0: That's a, that's it, it. Is neat to hear that, and I am I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not a math guy. Mm-hmm. I uh, I hated math. Uh, I wish I would have had teachers like. Uh, like Swindell and ganaba that mm-hmm. they do they, they find that happy medium between having really high expectations but then also establishing that relationship and then expressing patience and, and you know yeah. we're so lucky at the high school our math teachers are always always available oh, to, yeah. you know they make themselves available and it's you know that's a, that's a key component to teaching you know you're sacrificing that time and, and and Swindell certainly makes it feel like it's a it's a privilege not a
1: Oh, not, absolutely! Not and Mrs. Conway too. Just oh to, gosh, I mean, yeah. oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, I'm hoping to get Mrs. Conway on here one day. Oh, you
1: have to. <laughs> She's her voice needs to be heard and recorded forever. For real. Yeah, oh. because she has so much wisdom.
0: So, so you uh, you went to Talmadge High School and you married a Talmadge Blue Devil as well. Tell us a little bit about your your husband and how did you guys meet? And...
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I. So, funny thing, I never dated in high school. Not one time I never dated. And, um, you know, I I figured I was like, well, I went through all of high school without dating. I definitely don't want a boyfriend before going to college. You know, you just kind of want to, I don't want to be attached to anyone, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, it was actually in Mrs. Conway's class that I think it was one of the first times we had a class together that we actually kind of recognized each other's presence Mm -hmm. and i was like one of those tomboy girls where i just wore my cross-country shirts every day (laughs) and he sat behind me and he would always make some sort of joke about my the the cross-country saying on the back of my shirt okay and he was so obnoxious about it (laughs) and he's he has such a dry sense of humor i'm just like jeff oh my gosh like i think Mrs. conway even like had to tell him to be quiet a couple times because he just was constantly. And I remember this one moment where it was at the old high school, which is now the old middle school, which Mm -hmm. is now not even here anymore. He was standing at, like, the edge of the hallway. And our eyes – I know this is going to sound really mushy and cliche, but I feel like in that moment, like, our eyes met, and everything went slow motion, and I'm like (laughs) – oh my gosh, maybe I kind of like him a little bit. I don't know. But it was just, it was a bizarre thing. And so we just became really good friends. Mm -hmm. Just really, really good friends. And pretty much just kept dating from that point on and ended up getting married like seven years later.
0: Okay, so you guys dated for seven years we did.
1: it was it was on and off like i was away from co- you know from college yeah. and and he was back here and so it was it was on and off but none of us really dated anyone else mm-hmm. um we just always remained such good friends and then when i came back and it's just it just was meant to be. Oh, yeah. is... It was meant to be.
0: So so you mentioned you came back. So where did you go to college?
1: Not far, Mount Union. Mount Union. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not far. Very good.
0: But Mount it's far Mount enough East. though. And and that was, you know, so 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. So you you know, they're, you're not able to FaceTime. No, you know, no, no, or no, anything no, no. Like no. that. So no. you're you're still A lot of
1: phone calls. Yeah. A lot of phone calls still. Wow.
0: Yeah. Now what now what does Jeff do?
1: He works for like an engineering consulting firm, okay. so he's kind of like the um, the third party in a lot of ODOT jobs just okay. to try to make sure like things are going well. Okay,
0: so. so he's got a little bit of math tied into what he does too. Oh, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. So,
0: but yeah. you guys have some interesting dinner conversations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: that's awesome. So, you know, so you guys met, and I, I do remember when you guys sort mm-hmm. of stayed, because I think by that point. No it wouldn't have been that point. I wasn't at the high school maybe it was because of track meets or something like that mm-hmm. I was I would see you guys together mm-hmm. and you guys yeah. were a little bit of an odd couple
1: yes oh yeah thinking, oh for sure for two sure. different
0: two different groups kind of he coming was together. a
1: rebel he was a troublemaker. <laughs> I was a very good followed the rules <laughs> yeah. didn't want to do any I mean it just it's so bizarre but it just you know Fate, I'm divine you, intervention. I'm telling you. It is very true. We're just the best of friends. I just love them to death. That is,
0: that is awesome. So when you look back at, you know, when you first started, once, when you're after your eyes locked. Yes. And, yes. O, and the feelings began to yes. change and churn. What is it about Jeff that you that you just love the most?
1: First of all, it's his patience with me. <laughs> he is so calm he never gets ruffled up about anything he is like my ying to the yang okay <laughs> we're so opposite but it's that it's such a balance he makes me laugh every single day of my life okay i mean without question every single day of my life wow he makes me laugh
0: that's awesome
1: and we just we compliment each other so well it just we make it work we make life work every day and and when it doesn't, we're we're great communicators and problem solvers and yeah, it just works really well.
0: So your senior year. Yeah. You started seeing each other.
1: mm mm-hmm. We really weren't dating my Okay.
0: Senior year. So was it did you did he ask you to prom?
1: He oh, that's a whole story in <laughs> itself. He wanted to, I guess, but this other girl was trying to arrange things and she was like the matchmaker. She was trying to get everyone, you know, dates to prom okay. and, and he had heard that someone was already going to ask me. So then oh. he asked somebody else. Oh no. And so I, I mean, I went with someone great. Um, and he went with someone great too. and.
0: But were there these moments at prom where you're oh, like... Oh, yeah, we you,
1: danced together. You know, of course we danced dance <laughs> together.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It oh, sounds like, you know, sounds so like funny. a TV show. <laughs> it, it,
1: yes, yeah.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. Well, you have, uh, you mentioned you had two sons. You have James and Colton. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your boys.
1: Oh, man, they are boys. They are full boys. They keep me on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> James is actually in in our o- only audience member right now, <laughs> sucked into his Chromebook right now. No, they are full of life, yeah. completely full of life.
0: So they, uh, when you, you have two boys, do they seem to have the same personality or are they different totally or totally different? And you, you mentioned a little bit earlier when we were talking, you know, in our, before we started recording mm-hmm. that James is, he looks just like your husband yeah. and Colton is a little more like you. Yes that yeah. personality wise as well
1: I don't know it, there's such a blend I feel there's yeah. moments that James I can see both him and my husband and then moments that Colton just you know has patience like me or like James sometimes he takes his time like I do and is really meticulous but other times like he loves to build things and that's totally his dad so I don't know it's you can see little snippets Right. You know, from each of them. It,
0: it's funny, you know, and you know my kids, Kelsey and Noah, whom uh, you've had in class. They, it's kind of funny how there, were, there was a stage where if they were with me, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, they look like you. And yeah. then when they're with uh, Jen, they're like, oh, there's no way. They, they don't look anything like you. They look just like your, your, your wife. And, and yes. it's, it's funny how they just kind of morph. But they're, my kids, are, they're, they're so different you know but it is funny there are times where they sound just like their mother and then now we're getting to this point and it's it's really interesting where they'll start to say things that I say oh my god and gosh. they'll uh, they'll mimic me not like in a, like I'll hear them in a conversation and they'll say something that I say and I'm like oh my gosh the power of parenting I mean they really are <laughs> listening they're observing they're modeling and they're like oh crap I hope they don't get angry like me. <laughs> you
1: have to watch what you say. You That's really do, for sure. Yes.
0: Uh, but it certainly is an adventure. Now, yes. what, what, what do you guys do together as a family? What do you love to do?
1: We are outdoor people. Okay. So any time where we can get outside together, um, I would say those are the moments that we spend most together. Is oh. when we're on the trails or hiking. Riley
0: Violet, Oops. please come to the office. <laughs> yeah. Riley Violet. Please hey we're help. in a classroom yeah, it's, this, this is, is real. real life this is real <laughs> and you're um, hearing lots of chatter from down there yeah. some some group is down there ready to
1: go i know but no we're, we're outside so um jeff takes the boys fishing when we can get out on the canoe we'll go out on the canoe okay. um board games you know those types of things all right
0: very yeah. good uh you know so as as an avid listener of the podcast and as an extraordinary teacher and just a, an extraordinary human being um and and one of the things that I've always appreciated about you as a teacher and as a coach right and some of the things that you've done is you make yourself pretty vulnerable as well and you're very transparent with the kids but what's one thing about you that very few people know that (laughs) if they heard that they'd be like what really or I mean you is there something that you're passionate about or a hobby that you have or you know Something, are, I mean, are you like a famous TikTok star? That <laughs> oh, no,
1: I am, I, well, one thing that is interesting that probably not a lot of people know, I am kind of anti-social media.
0: Oh, oh really? A,
1: a, except for Twitter, because I use that for school purposes, yeah. and I follow a lot of educators. Um, I really got away from the whole social media thing. Mm. Um, it kind of was a little damaging yeah. to me. Um, so I kind of stepped away from that. So that's one thing that maybe people don't know about me. I'm not really a big social media person at all. No Facebook. kind. My account's probably still on there, but I haven't looked at it in over a year. Wow. Not one time. Wow. In over a year. I know.
0: That's impressive. I pride
1: myself on that.
0: (laughs) I would encourage you to stick to that as well. You know, do you, do you talk to your kids about like social media, like your students, you know, sixth grade, formidable age, you talk to them about social media much? or?
1: yes and no. I mean, I think right now that's such a huge thing for them. So Mm. I don't want them to be seen as like, I don't want them to think that what they're doing is bad because I don't think it's innately bad. I think they can go down a slippery, slippery, slippery slope. Yeah. If yeah. I can get that well, out, yeah. Um, so I worry about that, and and I do express that from time to time. Right. But I'm not going to sit there and condemn them for mm-hmm. it. And I'm not doing that to anybody. I just, for me, it was a choice I had to make for yeah. me. You know?
0: It's a, you know, when you talk about digital like citizenship, and and you talk about, you know, just how to handle yourselves online, it's such it's such an important. Uh, skill And it's interesting how over the past year or so, that responsibility seems to be bouncing back more on the mm-hmm. the world of education. Um, I know it, it is tough because we don't want, I mean, I think a lot of parents, when they approach the issue, like I do with my kids, mm-hmm. it's like you, you become kind of condemning yes. and you see the negative. And it's really weird because then when I'm with my other kids in the classroom, I'm a lot more accepting of it yes and and i find mm-hmm. that that i'm always battling that you know when i'm at home i'm you know talking to my daughter and my son i'm like okay don't be that be what you are in a sure. classroom and um but you know when we talk it's amazing how much of a role it plays on the kids lives and and how influential it is and now at the high school i'm getting to the point where a lot of kids like yesterday we listened to a podcast by justin sue and it was talking about the issue of perfectionism. And the kids were talking about how social media casts that. It gives you that mindset that you have to be perfect in everything. And if you aren't perfect, then you can't contribute. So now we're constantly talking about that. Well, no, yeah, let's not play the comparison game. Uh, Maybe you should take a break from social media. Maybe you should take a little sabbatical or just, you know. So um, it's just a tough subject.
1: It really really is. It really is. is.
0: And then as your kids grow older, your young boys, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting. I know. Get ready for the, the I pressure.
1: Know. We t- And my husband and I talk about it too all the time. We're like, okay, what are we going to do? We'll get there yeah. one day at a time. It, it, at you a know, time. and,
0: and it, you probably heard some of the other uh, teachers who are parents talk about it. It's interesting when you look at, when you project forward as a parent, and you think about the next challenge that comes along you know when you're seven or when you're four mm-hmm. you're thinking about okay well what's middle school going to be like or what's you know i like with kelsey was like okay what's driving going to be like i'm scared to death mm-hmm. well you are <laughs> adequately prepared for the challenges you're seeing right now at that age yes. and then you end up you know, acclimating and growing and developing more as a parent so that when those other issues present themselves you're going to be more than enough prepared.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. it,
0: it, parenting is—it's a pretty amazing thing.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh,
0: so what? You know what? What else are you passionate about? What I mean, when you when you leave this building, obviously you go home and you know you you spend time with your husband and your kids. But if you had a whole weekend to yourself, yeah, to do whatever it is that you like to do, what would you do?
1: Running. I'm I'm a I'm a runner. Still passionate
0: runner. about running?
1: Super passionate. As a matter of fact, I've switched gears and I'm exclusively trails now. Really? And I am getting ready for my first ultra marathon.
0: You're doing an ultra marathon? Doing an ultra
1: marathon. So anything over a marathon, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Anything over a marathon is an ultra marathon. So I'm starting small. I'm going to start with a 50K. So that's about 31 miles
0: yeah.
1: and it's exclusively trails. Wow. And it's in Salt Fork and okay. it's in December. In and December. It's in a couple of
0: weeks. <laughs> yeah. So wh- what have you been doing to prepare for that?
1: Lots of running. <laughs> yeah. So I've been visiting some of the most beautiful places okay. in Ohio. I mean, our trail system is, is unreal. I, sometimes I'm on the trail, I'm like, am I even in Ohio? Isn't it amazing? Um, so I've been running a lot in CVNP, Um. just getting a lot of elevation, um, a lot of technical trails. And hmm. I've been running with my dog, and him and I just... We go.
0: So what's your dog's name?
1: My dog's name is Jake.
0: Jake? What kind of dog he's is it? It's a he?
1: golden retriever. Uh, oh, yeah? He's I, he's oh, my gosh. A, I forgot. He's okay. a golden retriever. So you just
0: let me know when you... Oh, there he is right there. How funny is that? <laughs> Picture just came up on yes. the big TV. What yes. a beautiful... How old is Jake?
1: He is a little over a year.
0: A little over a year. And he and run, how far will he run with you?
1: His furthest is 16 miles.
0: 16 miles? Yes. Okay. Can you uh, take my dog with you, too, please? <laughs> because Teddy needs to run a lot. Yes, a tired yes. dog is an obedient dog.
1: That's right, and, um, that's right.
0: So, well, when we're done, we're gonna have to talk about training, uh, advice and, sure. and, and all sure. of that, because right now, Teddy's going, th- he's regressing, he's going through like crazy Ooh. stages.
1: Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. So running, so you have always ran. So when you were in high school, you ran a lot, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. I was a cross country and track runner in high school. And then um, I did a year of it actually at Mount Union, um, cross country and just kind of fell out of it because of the whole coaching thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was beyond spoiled with amazing coaches here at Talmadge and then got to college and was like, oh my gosh. Well, that didn't work out well. So I went off on my own and I really, it's amazing how everything does just kind of fall into place mm-hmm. because I truly learned the value of <clears throat> discipline and really structuring your life to meet your own goals because um, I had to do it all on my own, mm-hmm. all on my own, and then someone over me saying, "Do this, do this. This is the workout." I had to discover all that because I ran my first marathon then in two thousand five. Okay, that spring all of right. my freshman wow. year.
0: How many so, marathons have you ran?
1: I ran five marathons.
0: Five marathons. Five oh, marathons. <laughs> uh, kudos to you. That's Thank pretty you. amazing. Now you mentioned some of your coaches that you had at Talmage. Oh yeah. Uh, what? When you look back at the coaches that you've had, some of whom have been guests on the podcast. Yes. Um, yes. which ones stand out to you or what, what are some of the qualities oh about your coaches that you that you just learned and, and you you admired so much
1: so my main coaches um, <clears throat> coach Loveless uh, Karen Loveless took coaches now at the at the high school mm-hmm. assistant coach for cross-country um, John Gergley and Mike Shredawa, um were my coaches um, so they were so dedicated hmm. to the team and me and and Seeing potential in me, and encouraging me in ways that I never thought hmm. I even had in me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can remember um, it was my senior year, and Coach Shadawa. He would talk to us at lunch all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, talking track, talking track, <laughs> all the time. I'm sure he still does it. Oh,
0: he still does. I'm sure. Now on yes. a little bit of basketball too. He's coaching basketball. I heard. That's, so two that's years crazy. into coaching freshman boys, and so yeah, he a little bit of basketball, a lot of track, <laughs> a
1: lot of track. <laughs> And he was convinced. He's like, I've got a 4 by 18. It's going to work. We're going to state. And I'm like, what? you got to be kidding me. Hmm. Like, he was convinced. He believed it before I even believed it myself. And he just planted that seed in there. And hmm. sure enough, by the end of the year, we had a 4 by 18 qualified to state. Wow. Best memory. Wow. Um, and that's what they did. They hmm. just saw that. They poured so much of themselves in. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Schro's been there for, I mean, he has been the track coach there for over 20 years as the head coach. It it just blows my mind how he has been that committed. And I I oftentimes think about the, the quote from Billy Graham where it talks about a good coach will impact more lives in a year than most people do in a lifetime.
1: I believe that. And I'm
0: like, Jiminy Christmas, Trove, over 20 years mm-hmm. of athletes, and the number of athletes that he's helped get to the next level and run and get money for school and college. I mean, the trickle down effect is just unbelievable it when is. you think about when you think about him. And here you you uh, ran under him, and you know he had an influence on you, and now you're influencing all of these lives on a daily basis. And it's just it just it gives me the chills to think about the power it gives of the coach. me it
1: gives me the chills too they're just amazing people well it's got to be really
0: interesting because the other one you mentioned is john gurley <laughs> another one of our previous guests and you teach right next door I to know. one of your high school coaches
1: it's crazy it i'll have to tell you <laughs> the first time i think i called him john we both were like oh i don't know if this is gonna work <laughs> It was weird. It was weird. So no, I, you know, I've had him since my seventh grade. Wow. Seventh grade cross country, first first sport I ever did. He was my he coach. Was him coach. and him and Coach Loveless. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh, I can't. It's just it's hard to wrap my mind around that. That now you're teaching it is. right next to a coach that that you know, your first coach that you ever had. And uh, so what what is it like now? What, what did you think you know when you came in here and you got the job? And then you found out you were teaching next to John. I mean, what was it like knowing him from then and through high school as a coach and then that separation, and now you're a colleague of his? What were some things, besides trying to get over calling him John, what were some things that you were shocked about?
1: How, just how much of the same person that he is. Yeah. I mean, he is who he is no matter where he goes. Yeah. I mean, his personality is just contagious. Um, who he was as a coach is who he is as a a teacher. Yeah. Um, and he brings that same passion in the classroom mm-hmm. and then that same passion into our planning times and his same sense of humor, um, his same drive and mm-hmm. love for what he does. Yeah. It's so really not much different, <laughs> other than now we're all working together, you know. And do
0: you ever have one like, of those moments where uh, as a team you guys are talking and you're thinking, okay, this is what goes on when the team is chatting? Uh, you know, how did you handle these situations with these kids? Do you ever bring up names like, a, you know, do you remember this person or or, or just, I don't know, I guess it's it's a poorly worded question, but I'm, I'm just thinking about what it would be like to be sitting around teachers that you had had thinking about maybe what they were <laughs> thinking when you were in school. Does it that make sense? It is weird to
1: th- yes, I don't know how to answer that, but it is a weird thing. Like, you always wondered, I wonder how these people are like yeah. outside of here. Yeah. And uh, we're just normal people, you know, yeah. just... Doing our thing, trying to have the best time that we can, doing yep. the thing that we love.
0: Yeah, so. and that's the purpose behind the podcast too. Yes. You know, the first time you've you listened, but the first time we I pulled somebody in randomly, a teacher, and just interviewed them in the classroom. The kids, that was the biggest takeaway. Oh my gosh, they are human. Yes. You know, they they shop at Walmart. They wake up grumpy. <laughs> yeah. You know, they like to do things other than teach and all of that. And, yeah. um And and I, and I think that's the message, and it and it helps kind of bridge that gap. It helps establish that relationship so that teachers can have, you know, be a little bit more influential in their classrooms, and yes. kids will be a little more receptive. Sure. Because you know? yeah, a lot of times a, a student will develop a, a mindset about a teacher and think they're one way.
1: I and believe then, that. Yep. And
0: then it doesn't allow them to really benefit the most from that class. And so that's why I like to do this. But what a cool opportunity to teach next to him. It is, it's and, unbelievable. And John really is, he is that guy who brings so much life to a classroom, and yes. to the hallways, and to, and to a meeting. Um, yes. <laughs> what would you say is your greatest? What are you most thankful about in regards to being a teacher?
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, most thankful is just, I think in COVID brought this in a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So being present with kids. Mm. You can't, when that was kind of taken away, when that ability to connect in person. Mm-hmm. And those relationships, when that was kind of taken away, man, it brought so much, such a different perspective to my yeah. role here. You know, what are kids ultimately going to remember you for? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your impact here? And it is all about those relationships. And um, it's one thing that I'm so thankful for. And seeing kids coming back, yeah, writing you letters, I mean of of thanks. I mean all those things just like brings so much gratitude. Yeah and and you know.
0: Really makes this time like right now right now, like on the seventeenth you know, of November difficult because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you but I feel like it's about to be taken away.
1: I know, I do too. (laughs)
0: And um and it's the it's an internal struggle that um you know, I lay in bed every night and I think about it because so many kids depend on being in the classroom and they do depend on us, you know, more than I think people realize they, they, you know, we're, we're a source of continuity in their yes. life and, and, and they are in ours as well. So Absolutely. when a kid's missing, you're like, you you automatically drift to COVID and you're like, okay, what's going on? Where, where are they at? How, you yeah. know, what's going on mentally? What's going on? I mean, it really is tough. How, how have you, ha, ha, would you? How, we, how have you been handling COVID in your, in your life with your family? And is it you relying a lot on exercise? Or what are some coping oh, yeah. methods that you guys have in place?
1: Yeah, so when actually when this all hit, <clears throat> I wasn't really running that much. Mm-hmm. And um, I, being at home with the two boys and then teaching, it was like, oh, man, it was, it was dark. It was a dark time, yeah. right? It, it was, was stressful. It, you just ne- It was nonstop, right? It just never turned off. And so um, my husband actually recommended a couple books to me. He's like, why don't you start running again? You know, just get out. Mm-hmm. And then um, through that, through exercise has been, oh my gosh, this whole new, like, it's, it's absolutely something I need to do almost yeah. every day is just get out and run. And that, that to me is the biggest relief of stress. Mm-hmm. And um, it allows me to handle pretty much any situation that comes my way now. Um, Cause I just have better coping mechanisms.
0: For it self-care is so important and It I, is. It, it is and it, that's that's been what that's been the big reveal for me one of the big reveals is that you you have to prioritize taking care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself physically then you're not there mentally spiritually and emotionally for all of the
1: hands down for yep. everybody
0: involved in your life in your life so you mentioned a couple books that your husband mm-hmm. recommended do you like to read
1: I love to read I don't have time to read yeah. so I do audiobooks. That All has been a whole, has opened this world yeah. of books for me. Um, so, yeah, I do audiobooks. What, yeah.
0: do you, what kind of audiobooks do you, I mean, what is there a genre that you like that you have a tendency to kind of lean more towards?
1: Yeah, so anything that has to do, okay, I'm a big Navy SEAL person. Really? I love Navy SEALs. Okay. I have, I'm just fascinated by their training, by their life, like their mantra, everything about it. I am I really, I'm not, I don't know why, I'm super into it. Yeah. And um. So there was a book by David Goggins. I don't know if you know. I know that name. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you get past the language, um, it is an unbelievable book. It's called Don't Hurt Me okay. um, or Can't Hurt Me. I'm sorry. Can't Hurt Me by David right. Goggins. And it is just this book about n- literally not giving up. Wow. And when I say like not giving up, it's, it sounds super cliche. His whole thing is when you think you are done mm-hmm. at the end of your rope, you are only at forty percent. Wow. Forty wow. percent. And uh, he talks the whole rest of the book is really how do you pull out that extra sixty percent to to really get everything. Hmm. And it, it goes beyond like, you know, endurance things and it, it gets into all realms of life about hmm. taking challenges and, hmm. and and really choosing to struggle wow. and choosing hardships. It's unbelievable.
0: Well, and, and that's a message that needs to be taught today uh, yes. so often because mm-hmm. so many, myself included, we just like to take the easy, we want the quick fixer upper and uh, to get to get in shape fast mm-hmm. or, you know, yep. Google your answer yep. or whatever or take the class that's not going to challenge you the most. Yep. Uh, but you need those stories of re- and challenges of resiliency, for sure. Yeah. I, I really think that I, I, I listened to a podcast that he was on. I have a feeling he was on John Gordon's podcast.
1: He was. And, uh, I yeah. think he was. Yeah.
0: And I think I, I that's where I, why his name sounds familiar. Uh, that what a great book. What was the name of the book again?
1: Can't Hurt Me.
0: Now would that be the book that you would recommend?
1: That and uh, probably Fortitude, another mm-hmm. book written by a Navy SEAL. Okay. <laughs> Dan Crenshaw, okay, um, he's a U.S. Congressman, former Navy SEAL, yeah. um, really great book. Kind of follows along the same um, um, same theme. He lost his eye in battle, and uh, he's an incredible story. Wow! Incredible story about um, never giving up and okay. pressing on, and just really great messages.
0: So the most recent book about Navy SEALs that I've read happens to be "Make Your Bed."
1: Oh my gosh! Yes. So
0: yes. Admiral, do you remember his name? I can see him. I've watched the video. I read the MacArthur, book.
1: Not MacArthur.
0: No. I think. man yeah, I can't remember. I, I can't either. But it, it's sitting on my shelf right now. Actually, about ten copies of it because I read it and I found it at Books a Million, and I'm like, I bought a whole bunch of them and I gave them away mm, this past year. Such a great yeah, gift I, to give away. But the lessons in there, and, and my son, I gave a copy to my son, and we've been reading a little bit uh, every night, kind yeah. of just talking about it because he's big into, you know. Endurance and lifting and being strong and pushing through adversity and all and all of that. So he he's thinking about special you know special ops and all that. Wow, that's so cool. It, it is. It's that's, it's been fun. It's been it's been a so neat cool. ride. What do you have a life mantra or a life slogan or or something that you? Uh...
1: So I have to say no to that. Um, and I mean here's the thing. I I like to take little nuggets from. These all these amazing people that I see and I read, mm-hmm. and I just kind of, I have a book and I, or my pictures and my phone, like I, I take a picture of a quote yeah. or, or anything yeah. that just, you just save and yeah. you, you set aside, you set aside. And I think all those little things combined mm-hmm. just kind of build you up and you can take from what you need when you need it. So no, I mean, I can't really say like one thing like stands out yeah um, in particular, but, uh, there's just so many wise people that I can draw from it at any time, you know, so.
0: I can tell that you've that you've read a lot and that you really value having a positive mindset and you yeah. see the importance of having it. Just, you know, as I listen to you and you get me all fired up and excited <laughs> as, as I'm, I'm like, man, I want to go back to sixth grade almost and sit in, in your math class. And, and I think if I would have sat in your classroom, I'd have a whole different idea and perception about, oh, about math. I hope so. But, um, you know, as, as we kind of wrap things up, um, I a couple other questions I'll ask you that people like to hear. They want to know, <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure in music?
1: Oh, my gosh. I knew you were going to ask me that.
0: have to ask. We so find out so much know, about people. When... I
1: know. I will tell you, um, it's got to be like gangster rap. <laughs> <There you be. laughs> really? Yes. Like, the hard stuff. Like, give me a beat that, like, drops. And it's mainly for running, right? right? Because it gets me fired up, yeah. and like I can like really hammer out a good workout with it. So, it's so that's yeah. so funny. I know.
0: No, I wouldn't picture that. I at know. All. No one would.
1: No <laughs> one would. It's all my husband. He feeds us. He's like, oh, you'll like this on. This will be a good one. That's so good. funny. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, music plays such a pivotal role, and yeah. I, I know last night I was just I was getting ready. We had our late practice over at the high school, and and uh, I happened to just put on Def Leppard. And I'm listening to Def Leppard. I'm like, why is Def Leppard getting me all psyched up right now? But man, it's kind of getting the juices flowing. You know, uh, but you got to lean heavy on some of those things. Um, Let's say you're the host of this podcast. (laughs) Who would you interview?
1: Oh my gosh. That's a great question. I would love to interview Karen Loveless.
0: Karen Loveless. All right.
1: Yeah. Just because she was such a huge role model to me and Talmadge person. So I'd love to hear what she has to say.
0: That's awesome. Well, yeah. I'm going to reach out to her you at your request, and uh, and I'll probably be seeing her shortly because um, she'll be dropping her son off here for practice yep. in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, but she is, she is a phenomenal woman. Oh, yeah. And she, too, yeah. in the coaching world, has just influenced so many people. It's unbelievable. It,
1: it is. She's an amazing woman. Well,
0: before we wrap it up, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak to the community and to speak to our listeners uh, and just kind of share from your heart for a moment. Um, you know, is there something that you would want to say to the people listening and to the community as a whole? Or uh, I'm going to give you the next... <laughs> you didn't know I was going to do this, no, did No, but... I'm
1: a talker too. I'll, I'll, try to keep it... I'll try to keep it short, but I am a talker. Um, listen, I. you know, first of all, math right the subject that I teach everyone always says you know my number one question when am I going to use this when am I going to use this you know and here's what I want to get across it's not about when am I going to use this you know because I tell my kids like are you going to be dividing fractions here probably not you know are you going to be doing this every day probably not are you going to set up an equation possibly but maybe not you know um, it's about your ability to think critically, mm-hmm. push yourself, take on challenges, and think. I think that is something that I'm seeing get lost a little bit. Our, I want people to think. I want them to be challenged. I want them to feel free to make mistakes and learn from those. I think there's so much value in mm-hmm. that, and, and math in particular is a subject that allows you to explore that, to get into it and to think, and it builds over time this critical thinking and problem Mm. solving and struggle. And I think there is something to be said about struggling and taking on challenges. Mm. We all need to do it, right? Because life is not easy. Mm. And uh, when life gives us those moments that are hard, we've got a jar to pull from. You know, I overcame this that one time. I overcame this. I did that. And if we never challenge ourselves, then we never have those yeah. little nuggets to pull from. And so challenge your challenge yourself daily. <laughs> That's what I want to say.
0: I love that you went to the age old question, when am I ever <laughs> going to use this? Yep. So hopefully people didn't hear that and then say, "Okay, I don't want to hear the answer from a math teacher," yeah. and, and turn it off. But yeah, no. Well, I, I got to tell you, I uh, this is an awesome experience for me, and I am one heck of a proud teacher, and I am so proud of you. I, it's funny as you're as you're speaking, I'm being taken back to our classroom, <laughs> and the thing about you that always jumped up at uh, jumped out to me was this infectious energy that you had. You did, you were always happy. You were always very respectful. You were always involved. You were, you did talk. Uh, We would have conversations. And I can remember, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here, I'm being taken back to that classroom and just listening to you and um, just having then and even more so now, just such deep admiration for you. Uh, You are really, you (laughs) truly are a blessing. You really are. Talmage is blessed to have you our students man to have a role model like you in their life man thank you you are you are impacting lives and so thank you for uh sitting down with me
1: well thank you so much for having me appreciate it
0: yeah so blue devil between two blue devil listeners uh, i know you are as amazed uh with this young lady as i am um if you like what you're you you hear and i know you're gonna love this podcast make sure you Mm -hmm. share it with somebody because there's a message that that she has that somebody out there needs to hear i know i needed to hear it so thank you so very much
1: thank you mm-hmm.
0: i hope you enjoyed our interview today be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on and also feel free to follow me on instagram at at mr horner the teacher, or on twitter at ths mr underscore horner for podcast updates blog updates and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.